Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, I'm so thrilled to say we have Matthew Berry, senior fantasy sports and sports betting analyst for NBC Sports, though he has done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Matthew, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Alexis. I'm so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here too. I discovered you on social media. I'm a big fan. I think you're really funny. I think you're really inventive. And for whatever reason, you somehow got into my stream. <laughs> Just snuck right in there. <laughs> I watched one of your videos and I was like, okay, she's hilarious. And so then I quickly <laughs> had to find you on like all forms of social media. So I'm pretty sure I follow you on everything. Well, I'm so, so flattered. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, I'm thrilled to have you here. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Mercury, the company more than 100,000 startups trust for banking. Now more than ever, startups are looking for the safest place to put their cash for uh, no specific reasons other than just um, because. Anyway, Mercury offers secure banking through an intuitive product experience that innovates alongside you. Through partner banks and their suite networks, Mercury customers can access up to $5 million in FDIC insurance. That's 20 times the per bank limit. Why that matters? These sweep networks protect your deposits by spreading them across multiple banks, limiting the risk of any single point of failure. Huh, I wonder if that'll ever be relevant. Sign up is easy. Applying takes just minutes and many customers are approved and onboarded in less than two hours. Visit mercury.com to join more than 100,000 startups that trust Mercury with their finances. Ooh, a disclosure. Mercury is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by Choice Financial Group and Evolve Bank and Trust, members FDIC. Universally regarded as one of the leading voices in fantasy football, Matthew Berry, AKA the talented Mr. Roto, is the world's most followed fantasy football analyst. Named the 2013 Marketer of the Year by the Academy of Marketing Science for his role in fueling the national growth of fantasy football, Barry is a New York Times bestseller for his book, Fantasy Life. Known for his famous love-hate column, one of the most wide-read columns in all of sports, Barry is also a Sports Emmy Award winner for his work while at ESPN, where he spent 15 years as their senior fantasy football analyst. Barry recently left ESPN to join NBC Sports, where he appears regularly across NBC and Peacock platforms, including Football Night in America, Sunday Night Football, and the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Barry. He is a Fantasy Sports Gaming Association Hall of Famer. Matthew Barry, welcome to Non-Technical. Thank you. That sounded, wow, that sounds impressive. That does sound impressive. Are you impressed? <laughs> Very much so. Alexis, can I just, can I bring you to parties and like just yes. say, um, before people come up to me, you could just you do up. that. Yes. Thank you. I need. A, you could be my hype woman. I would ha be happy to. Happy to. That'd be amazing. Thank Absolutely. You. I think I'm a good hype woman. Do you consider yourself a good hype man? I think I'm a pretty good hype man for sure because it's part of what I do yeah. in my job is I'm hyping football players. This is why you should draft this guy. This is why you should sure. start this guy this week. So I do a lot of that. I will tell you this, Alexis. I don't know if we want to get into your personal life, but if you are single, I'm an amazing <laughs> wingman. Oh, I'm. It, tell me more. Here's what I will tell you. My audience is like 95% male. Oh, yeah. And so if you and I go out to like a restaurant yeah. or a bar, yes. you will meet every guy 
in that place. They're drawn to you. Yes, they are drawn to me. Okay, okay. I'll tell you a quick story about that and then we move on to whatever you got to talk about. We can talk about this the whole time. That's fantastic. (laughs) My wife and I have been together over 15 years, but Mm -hmm. uh, when we first started dating, we'd been going out like about eight months. Mm. And she says to me, she goes, hey, I need to talk to you. And and I'm like, okay. She goes, you know, I need a serious conversation. She goes, hey, um, you know, uh, you know, things have been going pretty well with us. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're having a lot of fun. And she goes, you know, no, but they're getting serious. And I'm, I'm really starting to fall for you. And I said, oh. I agree. It's, it's been a really great relationship so far. She goes, but I have to tell you, I'm, I don't know if I can be in a serious relationship with somebody who's on TV. I said, well, listen, this is a serious conversation. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to like give it a short shrift, but I'm, I'm late for something. Tell you what, I'm doing an event this weekend. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come to the event and I'll carve out time after the event and you and I can talk for as long as you want about this subject, I mean, ultimately, look, at some level, you sort of trust me or you don't, but I, yes, I want to yeah. hear every fear you think you have and let's talk about it. She goes, okay, great. So she shows up to my event and it's like all of my events, which mm. is, it's you know, it's fat guys in jerseys, it's fathers yeah. and sons, it's like yep. 95% dudes. Yes. And my wife takes one look around and she says, you know what? I'm good. Never mind. <laughs> Forget oh I brought God. anything up. That's you know, great. she's like, I'm... Uh, I love your fan base. Knock yourself out. That's amazing. Never mind. That's so funny. Yeah, it did. suddenly it wasn't as intimidating. I don't know why. <laughs> no one loves my fan base more than my wife. <laughs> and over the years, more and more women have played fantasy sports, but it is at least my specific fan base is yeah. like literally like if I look on any social media, it's like 90 to 95 percent like male. Okay. And I have female friends of mine that are Mm. single that love going out to like a party or something with me because they're like you meet every guy in the place if i just stand next to you i love that idea i think we should do that here's where i see additional value though from that a yes they come to you that's very fun but then what i would really like is for you to provide commentary on what you think their like strengths and weaknesses are as you go throughout the evening and i feel like as somebody in your professional position be very well positioned to do that what do you think yeah, 100%. Well, that's what I do as I break down people. I break that's down exactly. players, their strengths yeah. and their attributes. So that's what I would do. In my line of work, whether it's winning a bet or success in fantasy football, it all comes from both talent and opportunity. And you have sure. to understand how that player's skill set yes. fits the scheme that he's going to be coaching in and the opportunity he's going to have on the field. So I need to like, I need to get a scouting report from you. What are you okay. looking for, Deal. Alexis? Deal. What do you Love need? This. What's important to you? What is it? And then yeah. we could go by and I could be like, nope. This one's not ambitious enough. Yeah. This one feels like too much of a player. This Absolutely. one's, I don't know. I'm like, he's looking at too many other girls in the mm-hmm. place. I, you yeah. know, 100%. Yes. Yeah, we'll break it all down. So that's my action item is the scouting report. And then yeah. um, you can pick the time and place and we'll make it happen. Done. This done and done. <laughs> all right, good. I love it. Well, I'm so happy to have you here. I want to ask you to start. How did you spend your last day off? Tomorrow's my first day off in a long time. Oh, really? Do you have big plans? I'm sleeping in. My wife and I are going to dinner with a couple that we're good friends with. And then on Saturday, I have twin daughters that are 11. <gasps> and ah. I coach them in fifth and sixth grade girls basketball. We're in the finals. Oh my God, you're the the finals finals tomorrow. So, you know, big game. Wow, okay, that's huge. We have practice tonight and then we got the game Saturday. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Okay, my first question about that is really a comment, which is, wow, you have twins. That is my dream. I think that is the most efficient type of pregnancy. (laughs) It's so funny you said that because when my wife and I, we were surprised. We didn't expect twins at all. I have three sets of twins on my side of the family. Oh, You don't ever expect it. And so we didn't find out the sex of the babies until they were born. So we're in there 
And one of the ways I describe my wife, and she would disagree with this, but... <laughs> I'll have her on next week. You absolutely should, but everyone likes my wife more than me. That's a good problem to have, don't you think? It is, 100%. Yes. But I tell her, I'm like, oh, like, you know, Beth is often wrong, but mm. seldom in doubt. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> it's really an amazing quality. That's beautiful. She is rarely in doubt, and she was convinced that we had, we had a boy in there. So we get there, and... You know, we're doing the ultrasound and it's a second marriage for my wife and I. And so we have a blended family, but she mm. had children from previous marriage. I just had a dog. And <laughs> from my first marriage, this is like my first ultrasound. So I'm not really sure what I'm looking at, right? I'm right. a dude. Yeah, I'm like, course. all right, yeah. this is it's <laughs> like, squiggly lines gray. and blobs. And, <laughs> Very gray. <laughs> right. She's like, wait, what? And, you know, she's looking, wait, hold on. Like, she, you know, I know it's been a while since I've been pregnant, but she's like, wait, are there two in there? Oh my You God. know, and we're like, yes. The doctor was like, you didn't know you were having twins? And we're like, no. Oh, my and God. So we're oh, like, my God. Oh, my God. Both of our mouths, like, just drop. And what I was saying to you is my wife was like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're having twins. And she's like, are you okay with this? And my immediate reaction is like, are you kidding me? This is great. This yes. Is, like, we've, we've got a backup baby. That's exactly right. Two for the price of one. It's Two, a BOGO. It's 100%. We're boom. We're done. Like, because my wife and I talked about having two kids. Like, this is, oh, that's we got married a little older in life. And so we're like, you know, looking at sort of timelines and we're like, you know, we'll have one and maybe we'll have two. We'll see right. how it all goes. Yeah, and yeah. we're like, boom, one done. done. We're good. Honestly, you nailed it. You nailed it on the first try. Great job. Great job for both of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want to be honest with you. Yeah. My wife did a little bit more of the work than I did. You think? You think so when it comes down to it? Pretty she takes even. more credit. Yeah. It was a difficult pregnancy. She had. She had the girls natural. Mm. She had both girls natural birth, which is, you know, not having twins. The natural birth is wow. not easy. That's great. She talks about, and I'm like, right. But standing next to you in standing like a gown yep. was yes. me. Alexis, the gown did not breathe. Mm, it was not a breathable gown. I'm sure it was. It was probably a poly blend or something like that. You can't get a full deep breath. Right. So, and I'm standing for like 45 minutes. I which came from work. So I had uncomfortable a, shoes Probably not on. comfortable shoes. Exactly. Your arches are killing you. She's I'm, squeezing I totally get my it. hand really hard. <laughs> that must have hurt. Thank you. Everyone was like, oh, are you okay, Beth? And I'm like, how about my pain? So I do feel like it was a team effort there. Yeah. <laughs> She always says that she did more of the work. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay. But we needed each other in that At moment. At the end of the day, you're a team. It was a double victory for the team. Back-to-back -back victories. We're so happy. Oh, there's my no God. There's no I in that's team. Great. No, that's great. Right. Come on, Beth. There's no I in team. There's no Come I on. There's in no team. I in team. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love that you coached there. You said basketball, right? Basketball, yeah. What's the most surprising thing about coaching kids in sports? Honestly, is that parents have been pretty great. Oh, that is a plot twist. Yeah. Huh. And I've coached there, and I think it's two reasons why. And then I coached their soccer team. I coached soccer for them the previous four seasons. And then they wanted to do basketball. They wanted me to coach basketball. Right. So it's a basketball. And I know, Alexis, I can see it in your eyes. You're like, wait, soccer? What do you know about soccer? And the answer is <laughs> not much, but more than a 10-year-old girl. I think girl. what you saw in my eyes was soccer. What do I know about soccer? <laughs> I knew nothing about soccer, but I was like, you know what? I probably don't know a lot about soccer, but I bet yeah. you I know more I than a 10-year-old girl. 10-year-olds, yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's all. I, I just need to be one step ahead of that. That's absolutely right. Yeah. But I had a co-coach who was really pretty good. And so he did the kind of the heavy lifting on our on our soccer team. And no big deal, but we Whoa. did win the title back-to-back -back years. Okay. Huge flex. Massive flex. Congratulations. Did they dump Gatorade on you? Yeah, yes. On myself. I had to do it on myself because they're short. <laughs> you know, they, they can't, can't beach. Right. Right, so I had to like kind of grab it and... <laughs> 
That is so cute. And so the biggest thing is that, again, the parents have been like really nice and grateful. And you normally hear nightmares about why isn't my kid playing more? Why don't you do this? And all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we don't like that kid. And honestly, the parents have all been great and super appreciative and like, hey, I love how you coach my kid. And she loves it. And she has so much fun. And thank you. And and the same with basketball. I think it's a maybe I think I got lucky with parents. And I also... I think maybe just because of my job, yeah. they assume I know more about sports than maybe I do or what oh. they maybe respect me more. Yeah. They're like, I'm not going to tell them. right? You're on TV. They're probably like, that guy, he knows. Yeah. What am I going to tell that guy about girls basketball? <laughs> I think that's the most surprising thing. The other thing that I think is really surprising, at least for me, is how much I've enjoyed it. Oh, that's nice. I did it because my daughters asked me to do it. Oh, that's cute. My sport is normally football. I mean, I watch mm. soccer, I watch sure. basketball, but sure. I'm not, a, I wouldn't consider myself an expert in it mm. the way I'm in football. And you're like, you're wrangling other kids and I'm fairly competitive. So, <laughs> you know, you have to put that aside and you got to play all the kids. You got to play them all equally. You got to be very encouraging and you can't scream at the, you know, they've got no. like 14 year old refs. So you can't oh be like, God. you know, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, what's that call? <laughs> Don't look at your mom. Look at me. I'm talking to you. What are you doing? Right over oh here. God, that's you can't do that. You no. can't do that. You got to be no. like, all right. Yeah, I know that wasn't offsides, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, sure. Do you have a, a way you get them to listen? Do you have a little call and response? Like clap twice if you can hear me. One of those. Mine's a uh, eyes on coach. Eyes on coach. Oh, that's good. Let's that go. works. Eyes on coach. That's why I get them to pay attention. Congratulations. That's very sweet. Thank you. These sound like very useful skills. Do you have any useless talents? Things you're really good at that are just completely inconsequential to the world? Quite a few, I would think, actually. Um, <laughs> I do impressions that are completely useless. Really? I can do an impression of my late great uncle Lester. I would love which to Which is it. funny to like 12 family members. Sure. Could I hear just a little bit of it though? Because maybe I'll think it's funny as well. My late great uncle Lester was a uh, was like a Texas oil man. Like oh that. De- he grew up in Denver. If anyone who's read me has read, read about my uncle Lester. And so Lester was the kind of guy that wore a 10 gallon cowboy hat inside. Oh, hell yeah. Always had a cigar, whether it was in his pocket. He quit smoking later in life, but he still liked it. So he always had to have it. He always yeah. had to have it in his hand or in his mouth, even though he wouldn't smoke it like he in the plastic wrapper, but he just needed that. He lived till he was uh, 83. He was one of those guys that always made every word four syllables, mm. even if it wasn't. I remember one time I asked him, he was very wealthy, my uncle. Wow. Anyway, just a, sort of a brilliant guy and multi, multi, multi-millionaire many, many times over. And I remember I'm 12 years old one time and I'm sitting there with my Uncle Lester and his wife, my Aunt Cookie. And I ask him, like, I'm, you know, I'm 12 and I'm like, Uncle Lester, gosh, you're, you're so successful. What's your, um, what's your secret? What's the secret of success? Matthew, Matthew, I learned a long time ago that it was just easier for me to make more money than it was to stop your Aunt Cookie from spending it. <laughs> At which point my Aunt Cookie starts laughing. She's like, that's true. That's true. Oh my God, that's amazing. So that's my Uncle Lester. That's a great, that is a great your Uncle Lester. It's, and there was a bonus Aunt Cookie in there. My Aunt Cookie still needs a little work. Another two for one. No, another BOGO, another BOGO deal. I think that's wonderful. Have you always been good with impressions or is it something you ever needed to be good at or what happened? No, I'm terrible at impressions. I'm an awful actor. I'm a, although I am the highest grossing actor of all time worldwide on a per movie basis. (laughs) On a per movie basis. This is true. How so? Do you not know this story? No. I try to drop this in everywhere. 
Is it bad that I don't know it? Is it embarrassing for me? I just feel like if you've done a little research, then yeah, maybe. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, tell me the story. <laughs> I'm totally screwing with you. I'm fucking with you. You know, I do fantasy football. And as yeah. a result of fantasy football, I've gotten to meet a lot of fascinating, amazing people. Yeah. And one of the people that I befriended, and it's a whole story how it happened, but Joe Russo is a fan of my column. Yeah. And, and and we through a mutual friend, we we got connected. And Joe Russo, of course, him and his brother, Anthony, are the directors who directed Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, mm-hmm. both Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. We met right after Winter Soldier came out. And like, he was just a fan of my column. And I'm like, dude, Winter Soldier is like, I think one of the all-time great movies, not superhero movies, just all, all of the all-time great movies, period. Mm. And so we sort of fanboy out on each other. You know, we started emailing, we started texting, we we went to dinner a couple of times and we just became buddies. We played in the fantasy league together. Anyway, and so then he said, he was down in Atlanta shooting Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War back to back. And we're talking on the phone. He's like, hey, by the way, do you want to be in the movie? Because I got a role for you that, you that I think would be perfect. Oh my God. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I'm in the movie. I have four lines in the movie and it's the only movie I've ever been in Alexis. I've only been in one oh, movie. Oh, okay. Now I'm, it's all coming together. It is the highest grossing movie of all time worldwide. So on a per movie basis, on a per movie basis. Wow. wow. Like I've done one movie. And yes. so if you look at average, like average box look, office of any actor on a PMB. Oh yes, exactly. Right. So like, you know, that's the thing. I'm worried that Avatar is going to beat us. Do you think it's too late for them to edit you in that one? Or have you asked? I have not asked, but that's a mm. good idea. The other thing I could do is because we're in a, you know, we're in an era of, I feel like sort of fake news and like not a lot of fact checking goes yeah. on. Yeah, I agree. Why don't I just say I like I'm one of the people. I'm one of the blue people. Yeah, they'll never. No one will know. No one will know. It's also such a ridiculous lie. No one would ever think you were lying. They'd be like, Matthew Barry doesn't have to lie about being one of the avatar people. Right. This be like, oh, you know that you know the scene where they're all flying on birds, like the, yeah. the third bird back. That's me. Okay, when it comes up at our wingman sesh, I will plus one the shit out of that. I'll, I'll be like, oh, he was amazing. It was a subtle performance, but it was a real scene stealer at the same time. I will there hype you, you up on this. This is I love that. Yeah, eyes on coach, eyes on coach. <laughs> this is working together. Good. I love I like it. it. Good teamwork. Okay, that's fantastic. Uh, have you ever been the last to realize something that everybody else seems to know? For example, I it took me till I was 20 years old to learn that it's uh, espresso, not espresso. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good one. How did you find that out? I think I finally just really read the board at the coffee shop. Were you not a good student? Were you not? Because I feel like... <laughs> oh, my God. Can Ooh. I do a quick read on you? Can I do a quick personality read on yes, you? Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. By all means. I will not be offended. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. And this isn't a, maybe this, is a, this isn't a useless talent. I'm actually, I think, fairly good read on people. Okay. And so Let's my see. guess is, I, my feeling is, is that like you are totally like type A overachieving like nerdy kid. Yeah. Or like yes. secretly nerdy. Yes. Not a secret. Correct. Okay. To me, I feel like you're the person that like, you probably like had two highlighters. Yeah. The fact that you didn't read did read Espresso was Espresso, didn't sort of dial in on that. Very shocking. You were the kid in class that, you know, everyone else got their grades and like, oh, cool, I got a C, I got a B minus, I got a B plus. And you're like, I got a 97. Well, then where did those three points go? Where'd we drop the three points? <laughs> like of you're course. the one that's like bitching of about course. the three points and everyone else is. I think you learn at some point not to bitch about the three points. I think right. you learn to just quietly berate yourself about the three points. 
I think this is a good read. You know, you're not yeah. the first person to get this read. I think the espresso yeah. thing is surprising because it was so out of character for me because I like Fair. to have all my T's crossed and all my I's dotted. Though I will say being self-employed, being comedian, a lot of that does get shaken out of you a little bit. But I think otherwise you're, you're totally on point. Is this a party trick of yours? Do you like to read people? No, I, I don't necessarily like to. I just think I, I'm a good listener mm. that I pay attention. I, yeah. Like, you know, what I do for a living, this is going to sound weird, but what I do for a living is really detail oriented. Yeah, it's often no, obviously of stats and stats and trends, but it's the point is it's detail oriented. And so I'm a good mm. listener. Yeah. I also think probably as a kid, I was in the friend zone a lot. So I think oh. I had to listen to a lot of Matthew. I also spent an eternity in the friend zone. A really long, just an incredible lifetime in the friend zone. So deep yeah. in the friend zone, you don't even get cell service. Like truly, <laughs> really <Right>. in there. <laughs> when you're in the friend zone and you're listening to somebody that you like, yeah, yeah. but then you're listening to them bitch about whatever, Some, yeah. guy, at least in my case, yeah. you know, some guy that didn't pay attention to them that was totally. mean or whatever. And so I think I just picked up a lot of uh, sort of personality traits. You and I actually have that in common, but I will say the problem for me was that I would be so far into the friend zone. This was like middle school high school that they would start to complain to me about the girls that they liked that didn't like them. <laughs> and so then I was, quote, such a good listener. And I just had to sit there and listen to these boys who I was like, hopelessly in love with tell me about like, oh my God, like I just don't understand. Like, I don't know what to do to get Jessica to pay attention to me. I'm just like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Same thing with guys. Oh, gosh, I, I really just want like a, a funny guy. And, I'd be like, <laughs> and you're like, um, hello. Okay, right. first of all, I wish that's what these guys were saying. They were never like, you know, Alexis, what I'm looking for is a girl with a great sense of humor. <laughs> they were lying too. These girls were like, oh, I really want a guy with a, you know, really, you know, I really want like a funny guy. And right. then, you know, Friday night, they're in the backseat making out with a quarterback. Right. And I'm like, no. <laughs> little The wires get a little crossed for a while. Yeah, but I think right. it, it gets figured out. It gets figured out. It does. I was a sensitive Jewish kid growing up in uh, Texas. Mm. I think I'd have played better like if I'd grown up in New York or you somewhere so? else. Yes. Mm, okay. I think I would have played better there. Yeah. Well, when did you move to New York? I went to college at Syracuse. Oh, okay. So you were in the state. I've never actually lived in New York. I spent one summer in New York. Hmm. where I interned at MTV of all places. Oh, that's cool. It was a very cool experience. By the way, that leads me to when you asked about like, yes. what's one thing I was the last person to realize yes. kind of thing. So I was a sitcom writer for a while with a buddy from college that became my writing partner. We worked for a bunch of really famous, successful people yeah. on really bad television shows. <laughs> I worked for Diane English on the show that wasn't Murphy Brown. Sure, okay. Right, you know, right? Yeah. Great. Like, I, I worked for her on uh, a show called Inc. with Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen. And, like, oh, that's I worked with really famous, successful people on the show that they weren't known for. So it was yeah. just, I always had bad luck. But I did write on Mare with Children. and Bad luck, but maybe, really quick thought, maybe you were good luck for them. Maybe. Like, I think I was a pretty good writer. Everyone that I ever worked for hired me again or tried to hire me again. That's a great sign. A hit TV show happens for any number of reasons. It's true. And when you're a low-level writer, which as I was, it was, there's not much you can do about it. You just sort of try to write the best jokes and storylines you can for what you're given. Totally. So I was on a show called Union Square. Okay. Which was about a diner and the people living there. And it was from Jim Burroughs, who, you know, did Cheers and Will and & Grace and Taxi and a million other things. He was like the director and executive producer, a guy named Marco Panette, who uh, created Carolina the City and... 
He's done a number of things. He's an executive producer, I think, on Mom these days. Union Square was this short-lived show. It was on Thursday night NBC between Friends and Seinfeld, I think. So it had this great time slot, but it just didn't last. Anyway, the the point of this story is is that we're pitching a Christmas episode. Okay. And so the way it works is you sit around in a room, right? And you all just sort of pitch jokes at each other. And so you're there from 10 a.m. until midnight, however long it takes to do. And you just sort of have to pitch jokes and everyone like tears it down or makes fun of you or says, oh, that's great, and you move on. I'm pitching a Christmas episode. And I think the idea was that one of our lead characters steals a rain. One of the other characters is sad about Christmas, the love interest, I think, and then so the the lead guy was going to steal a reindeer. Hilarity would ensue. I forget the exact thing, but so what I do is I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, people like that. I said, yeah, yeah. And, you know, well, I'm thinking we just call the animal guy. We'll just like, you know, get a horse and we'll put some antlers on it or something, everything like that. Everyone's like, like, oh, no. What do you mean? And they're, and they're like, look at me like, Barry, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, to make the reindeer. <laughs> and they're like, the fuck are you talking about? Oh what are you talking about? Yeah. And they're like, you know, reindeer are real, right? It's an actual animal. We That's could just right. go get a reindeer. And yes. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> reindeer are made up, you know, Rudolph and the whole thing. Oh, the, wow. the, you know, Santa and his reindeer. Wait, they're, wait. Reindeer are real? Like there's actual things as rain? I thought they were like unicorns. I thought it was like a made up mythical creature. I think that's very reasonable. I'm like 28 years old at this point, by the way. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I'm doing it in this room of comedy writers and they're all like looking. And then once they realize that I'm not putting them on, they're like, well, you're, you're screwing with us. I'm like, no. Are you telling me seriously? Like there are actually like reindeer live among us? Yeah, they they walk amongst us. Right. And they're like, yeah, of course. And like, I just got endless shit about it for oh, the yeah, rest for of the sure. year. I'm surprised that your na- your nickname didn't like become Rudolph in the writer's <laughs> right. room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Wow, that is such a good answer to that question. That might be my favorite answer of all time. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> that is just such an easy thing to go through 28 years of your life thinking. Why would you think reindeer are real? It's not like you're going to come across a reindeer in the wild. Well, and I grew up in Texas. It's right. not like there's a lot of reindeer roaming yes. across Texas. No. And so my only interaction with reindeer wasn't like Rudolph or or any, you know, Santa related, you know, storytelling. There's, there's just not enough reindeer awareness out there, you know, (laughs) representation matters. Where are the spots for reindeer in today's cinematic landscape? I'm just saying. It's 100% representation absolutely matters. (laughs) Now that I'm, uh, you know, football night in America, people have suggested to me, oh, you should get a charity. You should, you know, try to be the face of a charity and maybe that's this is it maybe reindeer awareness is my calling reindeer awareness association of america raw yeah yeah this is (laughs) (laughs) wow okay i can't wait i'm happy to come to your uh your charity gala that's where we can meet the boys (laughs) there you go exactly oh that'll be great yeah you'll perform at the fundraiser i will happily perform i'll do a reindeer themed set i'll perform at the fundraiser this is gonna be a great night Yes. <laughs> We're going to raise Amazing. so much awareness about reindeer and how yep. they exist. Okay, well, so this is an interesting question then for you. It's a two-part question. The first part is, who would play you in a movie about your life? And the second part is going to be, what chapter of your life would make the most compelling movie plot? And when I say chapter, by the way, that could be an hour, a day, three weeks, three years, 10 years, whatever. Who would play me in a movie I'd love Clooney because who wouldn't love Clooney? Yeah, he's great. The one I get a lot is, which I think is actually much more realistic, is mm. Woody Harrelson. Oh, he's also great. That would be great. He's a great actor. Yeah. We both kind of got the the bad hairline. Like, I feel like he's, you wouldn't see Woody Harrelson be like, 
that's not Barry. I wrote a book in 2013 called Fantasy Life. We sold it to Fox as a pilot. Mm. So they actually shot a comedy pilot based on Fantasy Life. It ended up Whoa. not getting on the air. Sure. But we we shot a whole pilot. And Kevin Connolly of Entourage, Entourage. fame, who played E mm-hmm. um, in Entourage, he played me or oh, played, you know, the, yeah, in, the in, in the, in the particular so show. Cool. So he is much better looking than I am and candidly much nicer okay. than I am. <laughs> Well, he's an actor, though, so he I'm sure he was able to act. Oh, yeah. No, he, he was great. Matthew, I think you seem nice. Are you not nice? No, I'm actually very nice. I'm actually, I'm actually very nice. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm trying to be a little <laughs> self-deprecating there. But, you know, Kevin Connolly, lovely guy, yeah. and um, did a great job. And Yes. So there is, we do actually have somebody who did play got, me. He has experience. He has yeah. experience playing me. So, anyway. So either Kevin Connolly or Woody Harrelson. It's two paths, two paths. It's two paths. Okay, so well, we, yeah. tell me about which chapter of your life we're going to do, and then maybe it'll help inform which one makes more sense. So I think the chapter of my life is that I think is, is the most interesting is 2004, 2005. Okay. I'll try to make this a short answer, but I'm working on Hollywood as a screenwriter. I am a working screenwriter. So I've never had like the, I'm not an A-list writer, but like I am a working writer working on like good projects. Like I wrote, and none of these ever got made, but I wrote a movie for The Rock. I wrote a movie for Hilary Swank. I wrote a, shows how long ago this was. I wrote a movie for Tim Allen when Tim Allen was making movies. A family comedy with him and George Lopez. I wrote a movie for like the producers of Elf. I worked really hard to get there and it's a really good job. Like a lot of people want to write in Hollywood and it's hard to get there. Mm. So I had this, this nerdy fantasy football website on the side that I was doing. That was just kind of a, my side hustle. Oh, okay. I go to therapy. The very first day the therapist says to me, why are you here? Hmm. And I say, I don't know. Mm. This is probably the start of the movie. The opening scene. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. So I am, I literally said this, I said this word for word. I said, so I am, I'm a writer in Hollywood and a pretty successful one. So I have a good, a good job, a job that people are envious of. Mm. I'm happily married. I have my health. I have friends and family. I'm financially well off and I'm miserable. Everything that should work that, you know, like I should be on cloud nine and I'm not, and I don't understand why. Hmm. And she's like, all right, well, let's dive into that. As we dove into it and we sort of, you know, talked about it. What I realized was, is that my ex-wife and I, we'd gotten together, basically been married since I was 25 and she was 23. Like we didn't get married then, but like it was, we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day living together, whole thing. So, and we were now, I was now 35 and she was now 33 and we were just very different people. Yeah. of course. Not not better, not worse. You know, just, we just grew apart. So I realized that I was in, in an unhappy marriage as was my ex-wife, by the way, we were both in an unhappy marriage, nothing bad to say about her. So I was in an unhappy marriage and I just, I realized that I hated show business. Oh, wow. That I secretly hated how it made me feel like I would open up Variety or the Hollywood Reporter Mm. or something like that. And I'd see some writer that I'd worked with that just sold some spec script for a quarter million dollars. And I'd be like, that hack? Mm -hmm. I've been in a room with that guy. That Mm -hmm. guy blows. What's the log line? Like, it's this is terrible. It made me feel incredibly petty Mm -hmm. and competitive and jealous. And I that's not who I am. And it just it, it turned me into that. And I felt I hated how that made me feel. And I hated the fact that Hollywood seemed to, and I think this is true in most industries, but I feel like in Hollywood, it's more than more than most, where it was more who you know and mm-hmm. a lot more about connections than it was talent. 
mm. in a lot of cases sure. in terms of who got jobs. And so I hated that aspect of mm. it that I just couldn't, I just couldn't outwork people. Yeah. Like it yeah. was, it had yes. to be based on being more fun to get stoned with or whatever, and just stuff that I wasn't great at or comfortable with. And so just all those things, I just realized that all these things that I'd sort of pushed down and told myself like, oh, that's happy. And I, we realized actually, no, like that's, mm. you like the fact that you make this money, but the process of what it takes to make that money, you don't like, wow. you don't enjoy that process. You're not getting to do the creative stuff you want to do. And um, the one thing that I did love was this dumb website I had mm. on the side about fantasy football Yeah. at a time when who's making a living talking about fake football on the internet yeah. in 2005. Right. But in 2005, I got up the guts and I said, you know what? I just want to be happy. I want to chase happiness Amazing. desperately. And so I said, I went to my writing partner. I said, let's write one last movie, mm-hmm. bank the money yep. because after this movie, I'm quitting. I'm giving you a year's notice. Wow. We'll do one last movie. I'm just telling you, save the money because after this movie, I'm out. I'm going to try to make a go of this dumb fantasy website that at the moment had like 1,500, 2,000 kids on it. I said, I'm going to try to make a go of that. I'll probably make $10,000 a year and I'll figure it out. But yeah. I just, yeah. I want to chase happiness. And yeah. just, that's all I care about is being happy hmm. because I'm so miserable. And I went to my my ex-wife and I thought, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell her and she's going to like fall to her knees and like grab my leg. No, don't leave me. Don't yeah. leave me. Oh. I said like, hey, I'm sort of feeling like this. And she's like, oh my God, you too? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. It was awesome. It was the greatest, easiest breakup in the world. That like we just, like we had it. this great cathartic moment where yes. we were just like, and we were both feeling the same thing. Mm. And we we're just like, you know, we've been together for so long, but we were such different people. And yeah. like, there was no third person. There was no drama. It was no. just like, no. Think about what you're like at 35 versus what you're like at 25 and just, and what's important to you. And we had like the easiest breakup ever and very amicable. And like that pivotal year of 2004 to 2005, that time frame, I think. And then ultimately, so I decided to make a go of it. I think that's the movie. And I think it ends with 2007 and sort of from 2005 to 2007, I build my website up. Okay. And at, in 07, I sell the website to ESPN. They bring me out to Bristol. And that's so that's amazing. sort of, the, that's probably the end of the movie. So that kind of transition. So the movie timeline tracks sort of the birth and success and then ultimate acquisition of the of fantasy life? I think basically that it's an sure. oppressed 34-year-old guy decides to completely change his career, okay. his life, everything. Gets out of his marriage. Yes. You know, everything he's worked for up to that point, he basically throws away and starts from scratch at 25 in a new industry that like feels like this dumb, weird, nerdy game. How are you going to actually make a living at talking about fake football on the internet? And, you know, the crazy part is, is I'm like, and I don't care. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to make no money. I just yeah. want to chase happiness. I get that. And the hilarious part is, is that like I had to leave Hollywood to get on TV. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I've won one Emmy in my life and it's for sports, never for right. any of the work I did in right. Hollywood. You wrote a book that was called Fantasy Life as well. Was it about the story? It's it's that there's sort of two arcs to it. There's one, there's sort of my arc, which is starting with as a nerdy 14 year old kid playing fantasy sports in yep. College Station, Texas, yep. all the way to winding up at ESPN and sort of a little bit of that. So that cool. entire arc of how I went from 14 year olds to becoming me. Yeah. And then interwoven throughout are a bunch of funny stories around fantasy football that coincide with moments in my life that sort of make sense, okay. if you will, that sort of interweave. And they're all stories 
I remember when I was pitching Penguin, the book, you didn't ask me this, and I'm going to go deep here for a second, hmm. but the book is the thing I'm most proud of, of anything I've oh, ever accomplished in my life. Really? Because I went out and we pitched the book. And at this point, I had a, had a pretty good social following, and I'd been on ESPN for a number of years, sure. and my column's well-read, as you mentioned at the top. And so we went to these book publishers, and a lot of the book publishers were like, listen, we know you have a big audience, but we think the reason you have a big audience is because you're offering fantasy football advice, how to win for free on the internet. We don't think people are going to walk into a bookstore and pay $30 for a book that has no actual fantasy advice in it. Because all the stories, because when I went in and pitched it, I said, I want to write a book that has no fantasy advice in it, that it's all about like the lifestyle fantasy. And if you've never even played fantasy football, there's a chapter about fantasy punishments, like the last place loser punishments. And I'm like, like I have this league in actually in Brooklyn, New York. Ooh. I have this league in I have this league in Brooklyn, New York, where the loser of the league has to dress up as a lion, oh. and the rest of the league hunts him with paintball guns. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Right, and you're like, you don't have to play fantasy football to be like, okay, that's funny. A guy running around Brooklyn being chased by ten other guys with paintball guns right. is funny. Like, there's a league in Nebraska where the loser of the league has to get a tattoo Whoa. chosen by the winner of the league. <gasps> Oh, my whatever God. you want. That's such an, I will say one of my favorite fantasy football punishments that I've heard yeah. of is the ones that make the loser go do five minutes of stand up comedy. Yes, that's a popular one as well. Right. So <laughs> you don't have to play fantasy football. Like, OK, that's funny. There's a kid walking around Nebraska that has a tattoo of Justin Bieber's face oh on it God. Oh that says God. hashtag oh. YOLO swag. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's and by the young Justin Woo! Bieber. That's tragic. Yeah. With the swoop yeah wow. youtube justin Bieber. Wow. so wow. my pitch to that was my pitch was it's going to be the tv show the league yeah. which even if you don't play fantasy football no, you no, no, find that show yeah, funny. i love that show and i i don't know a ton about the the area yeah absolutely right so that was my pitch and but their take was no one's gonna buy it you know they're like most that the majority of the people who buy books are women mm-hmm. more women buy books than men in terms okay. of that audience they're like we don't think there are enough men that want to plunk down 30 bucks for a hardcover book just because you're a good writer, yeah. if you're telling me there's a book that has no, here's how you win at fantasy football. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not interesting to me. That's not what I want to write. That's what I do every, I want to write about my life. And this, yes. I think I have, a, I have a zillion funny stories, like the two that I just told you. I had like, yes. you know, 5,000 of them. I whittled it down like 200 for the book. Penguin, Riverhead Books, which is in print of Penguin said, we like you, we believe in you. Yeah. And I said, great. And we sold a hardcover book for $30. It debuted at number five on the New York Times bestseller oh list. Oh my God, what a victory. Spent many months on the list. And so I was just like, you know, to, <laughs> yeah, of to all the book publishers that yes. uh, said no, because that was two years of my life in my dungeon, just me and a laptop, hearing yes. those people in my in my head saying, no one's going to buy this book. No one wow. cares about it. Blah, 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 blah. And when it came out, it got really well reviewed and obviously financially did really well for me. And Anyway, so that's the thing I'm most proud of just because that I was is told, amazing. you know, that it had nothing to do with ESPN. You know, okay, so what this makes me think, though, is that is there a movie in that journey of getting the book sold? Because it could be interesting. You could do a movie called Fantasy Life. First of all, I'm obsessed with that yeah. name and what it's stands for. And then second of all, then it would it could be about what we talked about at the beginning, but then it could be about this journey to get the book sold and published and whatever. And I think that could be very interesting. It would be very meta. And probably yeah. when the movie does really well, would sell more books. 
Oh, vertical like integration. That. Okay. What do you think Maybe. of that synergy? Done. I like that. I like that. All right. I'm attaching you as a producer. <laughs> Done. Alexis, get this sold. That's right. All right. I'm on it. Matthew, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Mercury, the company more than 100,000 startups trust for banking. Through partner banks and their sweep networks, Mercury offers up to $5 million in FDIC insurance. That's 20 times the per bank limit. And with Mercury Vault, any funds above the FDIC insured amount can be easily invested in a money market fund, predominantly composed of US government-backed securities, providing startups of any size a simple way to manage bank risk and protect their cash. As someone that fielded many a text message from founder friends on the weekend which must not be named, I can confirm. Startups already have enough chaos and hurdles to jump without also having to stress about the safety of their money. Plus, it's simple to get started. Applying takes just minutes and many customers are approved and onboarded in less than two hours. Visit mercury.com to join more than 100,000 startups that trust Mercury with their finances. Ooh, a disclosure. Mercury is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by Choice Financial Group and Evolve Bank and Trust, members FDIC. And we're back with Matthew Berry, senior fantasy sports and sports betting analyst for NBC Sports. Matthew Berry, we have arrived. We've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? Okay, sure. We're at the lightning round. Oh, wow. Okay. I I did not know there was a lightning round. What can I say? I'm full of surprises. My first question for you is coffee or tea? Coffee or tea? How about neither? Neither? You don't drink any, just water? I, 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 I drink a, a ton of uh, Diet Coke. A ton of Diet Coke. Which is not good for me, and I'm trying to cut down on it. Yeah, I don't drink coffee or tea. If I had to pick one, I suppose coffee, but I don't. Okay. I literally don't drink either. Like, neither of those sound, like, if someone says, do you want a coffee or tea, you're like, nah. Yeah. Do you drink any no. hot beverages? Is it all hot beverages are out? Uh, I like hot chocolate. Oh, that I, that, no, that totally counts. Do you like a hot toddy? I don't know if you drink alcohol. I, I definitely drink alcohol. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of hot toddies in my life. <laughs> Why would I ever drink hot toddy, Alexis? That was the vibe I just got. Yeah, well, it's a it's a tough one to order. I no, think a if hot toddy is no, it's not. What do you think a hot toddy is like a girly drink? It just feels weird saying it. Like it's whiskey. Uh, one hot clothes. toddy, please. No, yeah, exactly. Okay, what about what if we called it a hot tod? Is that better? Now you're talking. Yeah, give me one of them hot toddies. Give me a hot tod. So you should become worse. a branding expert. That's a, like. <laughs> This is a, uh, you should, before you air this, you should yes. go trademark that. Right. And then like, you should distributed beverage like that. Yes. Like, you know, the I could just Todd. see that like, like hot Todd, like, you know, like could be like the, the male version of like bang energy, yeah, like, you know, get, like a lot of, yes. lot of like, you know, good looking dude, Instagram Absolutely. models. Like, oh, yeah. come on, we're going to go, let's go slam some hot Todd. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> come on. And you know where we're going to launch this drink, right? At the charity gala. At the charity gala. <laughs> for the reindeer. Awareness Association of America. Great. At and Raw. Then, yeah, at Raw, of course. Wow, this Raw. is a very productive interview. Yeah, I can just see me at the end. Wasn't Alexis gay? Great. Yeah. Everyone, raise your hot Todd. <laughs> a quick toast to Alexis. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Wow. I'm Fantastic. very. I'm looking forward to that. Okay, have you ever read a book twice? Many times, yes. Is there a book that sticks out? A bunch of the books I read as a kid. I, I loved sports books. Uh, I'll give you one just because I'll give a shout out because I think it's the most obscure book that no one's ever read. And I Yay. absolutely loved it. It was a book called The Dixie Association, okay. which was about a made-up minor league baseball oh, that's league fun. In, um, in the South. 
But I read that a couple of times as a kid. I used to read all the, you know, as a kid, I was a voracious reader. So I loved all like the Encyclopedia Brown sure. books. I liked all the Matt Christopher books, which are like yeah. all sports books, like Catch Him With a Glass Arm and that kind of stuff. Oh, that's um, fun. The Judy Bloom books. I remember reading a lot of those. Are those the mysteries or no? Okay. Uh, no, the Judy Bloom books are, I'm surprised. Like those are like, you know, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I recall, I recall, I recall. Those are all like young adult books. Yes, I mean, yes, again, yes. I'm older than you. My favorite book of all time, this is mm. my favorite movie of all time, and I've read this multiple times, is The Princess Bride. <gasps> oh, of course, a classic. The movie is brilliant. The book is even better. That's amazing. And it, and so the the book The Princess Bride I've read multiple multiple times love that book and uh, I also just recently started rereading The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy I've never read that good oh it's great okay and there's five books in the trilogy the first three are the to me by far the best there's a whole Hitchhiker's Rabbit Hole because it started as a radio show and then it was a manuscript and so there's a billion different actual versions of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and that Douglas Adams has talked about the fact that it sort of got pieced together as a book because he was working on different versions of it, like for the BBC, and anyway, it's a whole rabbit hole, but the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is great. Do you have a pump-up song, like a song you put on before you want to get like pumped up for something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, depends on what I'm getting pumped up for, to be perfectly... Toss me an example. Uh, I like angry song really what's what's an angry song to you well i have a whole playlist by the way i'm gonna pull it up actually how you like me now by the heavy okay long way to the top by acdc okay i'm getting the vibe yeah motley crew kickstart my heart (laughs) pretty good i love this what would you listen to these before van halen's me wise magic oh sure so are you putting these on before like is this what you're gonna listen to before the finals game tomorrow yeah, maybe. No. <laughs> but like if I have a long drive, so I NBC Sports is in Stanford, Connecticut, and I still live in Cheshire. We, didn't, we have an 18 year old. We didn't, we didn't want to pull him out of high school for his senior year, which is he's in a senior year now. And so it's about an hour, 10 to 15 there. And because the when I do my show, it's probably like an hour and a half to hour 45 back. Oh, so I'm in the car a lot. Yeah. So these are all sort of like upbeat kind yeah. of like, yep. you know, like I'm jamming in the car yes. songs, shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys, like a sure. lot of like poison, nothing but the good time. Yeah. You need a lot of hair bands. Hair. I like, you know, listen, but, yes. maybe it's because I don't have hair, maybe that's but I, I, I gravitate to eighties, you know, also when I grew up. So, um, yeah, some of those, this is my last question, which is very sad because I wish we could keep chatting, but what would you title your memoir? I mean, I, I did. It's called fantasy. <laughs> is the, okay. If you had to write a sequel. If I had to write a sequel. Fantasy Life 2. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like I, I sort of chose Fantasy Life, some version of that. Like I love the Joe Walsh song, Life's Been Good to Me. Mm-hmm. And so some version of that, like, you know, what a luckiest guy in the world or, you know, Fantasy yeah. Life. Because Fantasy Life has so many, obviously, there's a lot of meanings to it. Obviously, in terms of it's fantasy football and the people that play that, the lifestyle yeah. that we um, yeah. that we have. But there's also like, I mean... I've had this crazy life that, Mm. you know, because I enjoyed a game about fake football. Right. That I got good at talking about it and writing about it and doing Mm. podcasts and videos and TV about it because of my skill set at analyzing and talking about this game. I've had this crazy life that, you know, I mean, I got to ESPN where I met my wife. It's because it's because of fantasy football that I have my wife and I have my my family. And it's because of fantasy football that I'm 
that I'm in Avengers Endgame, like as we right. you know, jokingly, you know, that, that I'm you're the, on non-technical with Alexis Gay. I mean, absolutely. A thousand percent. All the big, all the big uh, all platforms. The big, big, yeah, all, exactly. Getting married, being in an Avengers movie and being on non-technical. Yeah. The big three, the, the tri, the trifecta of career trifecta. accomplishments that we are right. all striving for. I understand. The, what, what many people call the egoat of, right. uh, <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, or the EGOT, I should say. But yeah, so I mean, it's just like that, like just in terms of like things that I've been able to do, people that have been able to make experiences that I've been able to have, you know, I've gone to like the last 12 Super Bowls, like, you know, like it just like, just yeah, it's just crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Thanks to ESPN and now NBC and, uh, and fantasy football. And so Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that like growing up as a, you know, sensitive Jewish kid in small town, Texas, you know, you never sort of think ever happened. It is truly a fantasy life. That is really nice. Okay. So fantasy life too, then I guess electric boogaloo (laughs) fantasy life too, electric boogaloo. Perfect. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on non-technical. Alexis, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Like I said, I've been a fan for a long time. So, uh, continued success to you. It's really impressive how you, not just your success, but I think what's, I think you, you use, I think you use Instagram and, and Twitter and TikTok, but specifically Instagram and TikTok. I think you use video very effectively on social media and in a unique way that I don't often see. And so your stuff is always really well written and clever. And thanks. Yeah, that means a lot. Where can people find more about you online? They can uh, they can follow me on all forms of social media at Matthew Berry TMR, uh, except the Fantasy Life app, where mm. I'm merely at Matthew Berry. Fantasylife.com is uh, is the is the company. So if you fantasy sports or you're interested in more, sign up for the newsletter. It's all free. We have a bunch of tools on Fantasylife.com that are that are free and that will help you win your fantasy league. That will help you win bets. Uh, and then obviously all of my uh, main work is at NBC at NBCSportsEdge.com, RotorWorld.com. And you'll see me on uh, Football Night in America coming in the fall. And then I think you'll see me on some other NBC stuff this summer that I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about yet. Ooh, but, uh, very exciting. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna use me on some stuff. So it's cool. Ooh, so you can see him on some stuff. That's fantastic. <laughs> and you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay and at NonTechnicalPod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I have one last, I have a request for you. I have an idea. I have an idea. I have a request for you. No, well, well, listen, we've got, you and I have a lot to get to. We we have our, we have our wingman session. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to, you know, we've got to incorporate and get a 503 C for the reindeer. For Raw, raw. obviously you've got to work on some reindeer. I've got to work on Hot Todd. Hot Todd. Hot we got yeah. We got the branding for Hot Todd. Also, we by got the a lot. Way, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is so good. By the way, but also is, everything can be encompassed under the umbrella Operation Hot Todd because like Operation maybe the guy Hot will Todd. also be named Todd. That's right. Let's find you a guy named Todd. I like Operation that. Operation Hot Todd. Hot Todd. <laughs> I like it. Underway. <laughs> Done. Done. Fantastic. I'm so excited. Um, but here's here's what I think would be good. Tell I think me. this would be interesting. So I'm going to suggest this because I would enjoy doing this. So mm. I'll I'll pitch myself for this. But if you if you like the idea but don't want to use me, this is I will not be offended. Yes. But I want to do an episode of the non technical podcast. Yes. Where the guest is Alexis Gay. Yeah. Yep. I totally. I will come on. I will host non technical pod. I I will be a guest host on non technical pod, and I will interview you. That would be really fun. I would. I think that could be really really fun. Okay, I like that idea. Wow, we're really racking up the action items here. I'm into it. Let's do it. I'm on code. Listen, 
Right. Well, exactly. Until we raise money for Hot Todd, it's going to have to be a lot of viral stuff like this. Maybe Hot Todd can help raise money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Hot Todd can. I got to send you the scouting report. You'll get you'll get All a right. good sense. <laughs> All right. Good. Oh, good. Matthew, if, this is so you're, fun. If you're a hot, if you're a hot guy named Todd, named Todd, slide into slide into either mine or Alexis's DMs. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Thank you, Matthew. I'll talk to you soon. See you, Alexis. <laughs>